The views and opinions expressed in Media Litter Sandwich do not reflect on the views of the network, station, studio, website, sponsors, guests, hosts themselves, anyone or anything else associated or even not associated with this podcast. Maybe not even the person that said them. In other words, do your own research and do not sue anyone over what is said on this show. All these animal sacrifices. All right. In three, two, welcome to Media Lair Sandwich. Uh, today, I don't know what we're talking about. You know, uh, I have a comedian with me. Uh, she's traveled a little bit, and apparently it's your birthday. It is my birthday, Scott. Happy birthday. It's good to be me. <laughs> uh, Sherry, um, you know, I'm just, you know, what's been bothering me today is I found out that they're making, uh, you ever watch Orphan Black? No. Orphan Black? Yeah, it was a show on um, BBC America. Great sci-fi dramedy with a bunch of clones. And now AMC is doing a show uh, in the same uniform, in the same universe. It's not a spinoff. It's not a reboot. I have no idea what it is. It's in development. It makes no sense why would they even announce anything. It's like are they, the only thing I think of is that they're just trying to get um, attention uh, and some free publicity. From. If it's in develop, well, I do know something about this. So if mm-hmm. it's in, although I know nothing about science fiction mm-hmm. or anything related to science fiction, so I see already a schism here happening between <laughs> you and I. But uh, if it's in development and they're making announcements, it's because they're trying to sign more talent. Mm-hmm. And so they'll advertise anyone that they've signed who's a name in order to try and cement commitments from other names, uh, high-profile names that they want. So mm-hmm. that is one of the things they do in development. Also in development, you're raising money. So That was a another, big one that I was thinking. Yeah, you're raising money. You're getting sponsors. Mm-hmm. So development can last six months. Development can last 10 years. Right. Because they're raising money right now. So Media Layer Sandwich, we talk about marketing, creators. We're talking to – today we're talking to a stand-up comedian that has a lot of background and a lot of things. I'm Toden from Toden.com, MediaLayerSandwich.com. You can find this podcast on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, subscribe and hit the bell for notifications because descriptions don't mean anything anymore. Um, and, of course, find us on Facebook and many podcast apps, including Spotify, Podbean, whatever. If you don't hear us on the one you use, just let me know, and I'll try to get us on it. Um, so that's Orphan Black. Uh, some not spinoff, not reboot, uh, just trying to get on AMC because, well, they're probably going to lose Walking Dead is uh, what I figure. <laughs> and there's another thing. I keep seeing advertisements. I, I watch a lot of anime, and there's this thing that's been around for a very long time called Gundam, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, and apparently they're making a live-action uh movie and i keep seeing that they're making a live action movie but no trailers just maybe a poster or something so if anyone sees an actual trailer uh keep in mind that this is recorded probably two weeks before it goes live um send it to me 
because I would very much appreciate that. Um, and I did see the last Gundam movie, Gundam NT, in a movie theater, and you're obligated to like it because you've seen it in the movie theater um, is what I kind of figure on that one. Um, Sherry, go ahead and introduce yourself. Who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> I'm going to start with shouting out to Dee Trejo in uh, Central California who knows absolutely everything about anime and anime films, and she's got the inside track on everything, so D, you get in touch with Scott. I'm Sherry Savage. I'm a stand-up comedian, and uh, my regular job is I'm actually a professional organizer. That's a real job, so I have a business doing that. Um, I need help. I need lots of help. <laughs> I mostly work with people who are starting up businesses, startups, and people who are really good at what they do tend to be really bad at the business of it. So I work with them and help them get into business or most of the time decide that they're not suited for business. But either way, I prevent them from making a lot of expensive mistakes. But for a year, a year this week, I've been a stand-up comedian. And it, I'm just walking under some kind of lucky star. It's I'm super busy. I'm doing radio shows shows all over the place. I'm traveling, I'm flying, and um, I'm doing a lot of shows on the West Coast and throughout the Midwest. So I just have some angel dust sprinkling all over me, I guess. So when I booked you, you had a show tomorrow, and I was like, hey, can I get you come in a day early? And then you already booked the show for tonight. Yes. That is... Uh, so basically what you're what that tells me is you're actually motivated and you're booking your own shows and calling everybody. What I am is a businesswoman and I'm mm -hmm. extremely organized and I treat comedy like a business. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to work for free all the time and just go hit up open mics and play for nobody or play for other comics or whatever, that's fine. It's whatever makes you happy. Uh, but what ma what makes me happy is making things happen. And so I treat comedy just like it's a business. And mm -hmm. in the first year, like many businesses, you're not making money. And that's, that's, that's part of the deal. You have to be financed. You have to be capitalized. You have to, you have to be able to do that. And so, yes, I network. I'm extremely organized. I have a business plan. I call people. I call podcasts. I call bookers. Um, and I, I move with it as if it were a business. Mm -hmm. And I'm making that business successful. And... You know, that I think that applies to everything. That applies to artists. That applies to musicians. That applies to, you know, videographers, filmmakers. It, you know, they used to, uh, when I taught at um, Lawrence Tech University, we used to tell people, look, I don't know nothing about business, but apparently this is a little sister to an MBA because you will learn something if you're going to make something happen as an independent creator. You will have an equivalent to MBA on your resume by the time – you know, you're into your career because you will have to learn how to run a business to some degree. You absolutely do. You have to work on your product. Mm -hmm. And that's for me, that's me and my comedy and my script writing. I work on the product all the time, but you also have to have a business head. And most of the people that I work with in my other life um, are really good at what they do, but they don't understand business and they don't understand perfecting the product and searching out the market and scoping the competition and getting a competitive advantage. And so in comedy, um, I like everybody to be happy and I want all the comedians to be happy and everyone's got their own uh, definition of what makes them happy. So what makes me happy is doing bigger clubs for bigger audiences, improving my product and getting paid. So um, I work for free a lot 
all comics do, but I always have a purpose to when I work for free. I, I need exposure or I want to play in that state and I haven't before or I, I want to network with that booker. Um, but the business of anything is what keeps it going because if you don't pay attention to the business, then you can't do the thing anymore, mm-hmm. right? If you're an artist and you don't sell, you're not a really you're an artist, but you're not a working artist because you're not selling. So uh, finding what people want and want to buy want to buy and what makes them happy um, is part of what I do. If it makes you happy, then why are you so sad? Sorry, I had some flashbacks. I my head is still stuck in the nineties because I'm so, and plus I'm still wearing Jenko jeans. So and I'm loving those jeans. You're rocking those Jenko jeans. Hey, Jenko jeans. If you're listening, I know you're doing a relaunch soon. Come on the show. Um, I'm. I know you know about me. I know you already know about me. I, I've already got that Facebook message, so you should come on the show. So you've been saving those since the 90s? Is that what I'm hearing? Um, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> there was already a relaunch, so I have a mixture of different genes from different things. Oh, okay. So I'm not totally going to answer that question because I don't know how they felt about the last relaunch. Uh... <laughs> well, you're rocking them, Scott. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um since I I already uh, did not give him a shout, I'm going to shout out DV Radio. You can find us on dvradio.net on Tuesdays. Hopefully, we're on there right now. I know as we're recording, Bo is some searching some things out, but we will return on DV Radio on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock p.m. Eastern Time Zone. So, uh, 1900. It's I've been out of the military for over 10 years, so I assume it's 1900 uh, Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday nights. Uh, so that means I'm going to be turning on uh, my phone. And um, keep an eye on the chat before I go home tonight. Um, and, of course, you got some veterans uh, in your life. I do. <laughs> I've been married for three years, and my, hus- my husband is a retired 31-year Navy captain, mm-hmm. 31-year veteran of the United States Navy. So we're on military time at my house. <laughs> Always. And a mop isn't, you know, a mop is a swab, and the floor is the deck. I mean, Really? Oh, yes. He's, he, how long he's been out? Uh, he's been out for 21 years, I and think. And still. Still. I've been, I, I changed my verbiage up in the first, like, two or three years. There's very <laughs> few things. I mean, I still call cafeterias mess halls sometimes, or chow halls, usually chow halls. Uh, I still do that, and sometimes I refer to apartment buildings as the barracks. But other than that, I'm pretty okay. We're, we Most run a tight time. ship. Yeah, he, he runs a tight ship around the house, and uh, I love that about him. He's very squared away. Mm-hmm. I'm very squared away, so we're a, we're a good match. But I bring the fun. <laughs> I bring the fun. He he went right. Uh, he was he was headed for medical school after college, and his draft okay. number came up low, so he enlisted, and did not plan to make a career out of it, but had a wonderful career. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I've known uh, I'm in the Marines, so I've met uh, quite a few uh, Navy. Um, because they did our hospital, and that's where you went if you wanted good food. You don't go to the Marine Corps Chow Hall. You go to the, <laughs> you go to the right. Naval Hospital Chow Hall for good food. The Navy guys eat very well. <laughs> yeah, I had a few practice husbands, and after that, I said, I, I, "I'm I'm getting a I'm getting a Navy officer." That's the I, I like. <laughs> that was the consensus. The consensus. That was it. Yeah, literally, yeah. I wasn't looking for specifically for him. I just said the next one <laughs> is going to be. A naval officer. I want someone who's got his stuff squared away mm-hmm. and knows about honor and duty and all that stuff. And uh, so he fits he fits the bill perfectly. He suits me to a T. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, a lot of th- 
things about being organized, being prepared. Um, a couple notes you slipped me here. It says you're always proper and you're always dressed to perform. I am. I'm always dressed up. Today I'm wearing a denim suit, which is not uh, really usual for me. I'm usually wearing nightclub, uh, more nightclub Work, okay. But Not quite sure what nightclub stuff well, is. Well, I'm in black. I'm, you know, the traditional community. You're from California, black. so your idea of dress up is different from my idea of dress up. Well, when I moved to Michigan, there were a lot of cultural adjustments. I have to tell mm. you, but I always, uh, I always dress up. You know, I, I don't wear grungy clothes. I know that's the thing with comedians is to try to look poor all the time. Um, they're they're not trying. <laughs> they're trying. Yeah, um, I dress up for a, a couple of reasons. I was raised in an era. I'm 63 today, so mm. I was raised in an era where you dress up. I mean, I still wear a suit and heels when I fly. You know, I'm I'm just like that. And um, also, I dress up to because I respect the audience. They paid to get in, or they're buying drinks or whatever. And I dress up out of respect for the audience. And also because my husband is um, quite a bit older than I am, so mm -hmm. I know that. Uh, you know, you do the math. I know that somewhere in some audience is is my next husband, <laughs> <laughs> and I got to look good all the time because at my age it's hard to meet men. I mean, my husband's fine, you know, but I'm just a planner. <laughs> I'm just a planner. So yeah, I, I do I do tend to dress up. I'm I'm kind of high maintenance looking, you know. Right. I so blame a little bit of that in California I'm, because. I in the Marine Corps again, hanging out with people from all over the states. It was the people from California that would be there ironing their jeans to go to Walmart. And <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never. In heard... fairness, there was nothing else in the city, so <laughs> so that's the way it was. Well, one of the phrases that you don't and I I adore Michigan. I think it's absolutely paradise. I lived my whole life in California. And we absolutely adore Michigan, but one of the phrases that I had never used before um, that, that, that you don't use in Michigan that you always used in California was if you're going to go to some place and you say, oh, let's go here, and you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not dressed to go there. Well, that phrase doesn't exist in Michigan. <laughs> you're no. always dressed to go anyplace. And I think that is symptomatic of a beautiful um, society here. I mean, people just take you at face value. You look at people and they have wide open faces and they're very transparent. In my experience, or compared to where I come from, um, they're very transparent and uh, they take you at face value. You take them at face value. They don't care how you're dressed. They don't care if your hair is all windblown or you got snowed on. Um, and and I really love – that's one of the things I love most about Michigan. I love everything about it, but the people are the thing I love the most. Mm -hmm. I am a – thrilled michigander i'm still learning how to be a michigander but <laughs> but i love it here so much this is a great place to say that because uh I, I didn't say this yet but today we are recording at the foundation studio at the foundation hotel in downtown detroit and i don't think there's a big convention going on because usually you see people walking up and down the convention hall right there i love just like waving at people through this big picture window so if you're watching the video which is different than the audio version um, just because you get to look at us, um, you just see us waving at people that randomly walk by. <laughs> I think there's a actually I think there's a medical convention in town because I saw the bar looked like it was full of rich guys just hoping to meet a woman <laughs> on the down low, and that's just usually. I, I think doctors. there is a, a medical thing going on in the hotel tonight. Is there? Yeah, as I was drinking coffee, I got to uh, socialize with a few people from uh, some of the local hospitals. 
Ah, uh, uh. And um, all I was asking was, do you have any tips for next time I go to the VA? So <laughs> you asked about me being proper. I um, I was raised in this crazy chaotic alcoholic household, but my mother had, even though my parents hadn't graduated from high school, they had no education. My mother insisted that I have perfect manners all the time, perfect handwriting, and that I study Latin for four years in school. So she had her own ideas mm -hmm. of what constituted being a good person and all that. So, um, I, and Latin I'm, was the thing when you were growing up because it's not like today, you know, because Latin's kind of the basis for a lot of languages. That's why, it is. for those that don't know, that's why a lot of uh, um, um, the older generation, I don't, I'm trying to figure out the nice way to say it, but uh, uh, learn Latin instead of uh, all the other languages they teach in high school now. Yeah, they don't usually teach Latin in school. Very few schools yeah, have it, but I Not I anymore, learned... but I believe they used to teach it because it was the basis of language, so you could kind of figure out. Yes, it's a, it's a springboard for mm -hmm. other languages, and... And, and English as well, and uh, you know medical and, and and law and everything else. And so I was just raised with a certain kind of manners by my parents, and and so that lasted me my whole life. Back in the seventies, I, I, I used to like spend the whole weekend on LSD, and then on Monday morning I would write a handwritten thank you note to my supplier. <laughs> <laughs> Serious, right? I, and so I'm the person like in the comedy club while everyone, you know, all the other comics are mm -hmm. like looking at their phones and they're they're doing their notes, and I'm going in and shaking hands. Hi, I'm Sherry. How are you? Oh, thank you. It's so nice to meet mm -hmm. you. And they're like, "Who is? Get this woman out of here. Who is she? This is like they. My manners aren't always appreciated. Right. I'm a little. I'm a little much for some people. Because I just never meet a stranger, and I'm always like, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, that's a marvelous shirt. Oh, I love that blouse on you. <laughs> you know? So I'm in the bathroom just now chatting up some woman who's wearing a you know, right. $10 hose skirt from Walmart, you know, just complimenting her, just making her day. So that's I, I do have ridiculous manners. Networking is always very, very important, too. <laughs> yes, yes. So and I think the woman in the bathroom was a working girl, so... <laughs> <laughs> but everyone needs love, and you know I don't think you should ever pass by a opportunity to compliment someone and make them feel good about themselves. <laughs> and you're currently writing a book. I am Just busy. I am. I am. I'm writing a book, and it's uh, the working title is "Always Paint Naked," and it's a compilation of humorous essays because I'm a writer. I, I I used to do a newspaper column, so. Um, I have a lot of humorous essays and then bizarre um, but funny stories about my life, autobiographical things. So those two things mixed in with these tidbits of ridiculous wisdom and advice that I raised my kids with. Mm -hmm. And uh, my advice is, as my children tell me, really unmotherly. But it's you know it's really spot on. So I give them all I give them all this advice, and now they're um, I, I now I have I have a lot of kids, and they're all in their twenties. I had them very late, so they tell me that you know my advice was spot on, even though it was embarrassing and bizarre at the time. And one of those things is always paint naked because mm -hmm. you know I mean close the drapes for sure, but. <laughs> But why well, depending on where you are, if you, if you got 15 acres, you know, and some space, or you're a performance artist, mm -hmm. so I tell you know why, why mess yeah. up your clothes. So um, I have a lot of pieces of advice like that, uh, 
like my youngest, you know, telling me, uh, calling me and saying, well, mom, I broke up with Michael. What am I going to do? And I'm like, well, just find other men to break up with. You'll get better with practice. So, <laughs> so that's, you know, I'm, I'm a good real advice motherly giver. advice. Useful advice. Absolutely. Useful advice. Accept your limitations. You know, whatever you can't do, you get to a certain age, you just accept that. Marry mm. it. You know, I don't want to know how my car works. I married someone who knows how my car works. So I so that's, you know, advice. Useful things. Marry for money. Good advice. Give it to everybody. Okay. Uh, once again, um, I'm not responsible <laughs> for what other people. Uh, big shout out to uh, Misty Mills, who did a voiceover for our um, discretions, advice, and warning, and all that stuff. Uh, our little warning thing before that. So, um, yeah, uh, go listen to that before you start quoting. Uh... <laughs> yeah, don't follow my advice. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, if I follow your advice, I'd probably be, uh, I probably wouldn't be welcomed into any of the Cedar Fair parks anymore. I love uh, Cedar Point. If you listen to the show long enough, you hear me rant about Cedar Point a little bit, which I heard you were fired from Knott's Berry Farm, which is where one of my um, which I actually heard they're putting a pirate ride over there, so I want to go visit Knott's Berry Farm. Um, well, so. <laughs> there's a story from long ago. I was I was young. I was in my probably my early twenties, and um, I was a musician and a singer. So I was playing in a band, mm -hmm. and we were children's entertainers. So how it works is at these big amusement parks is you have a you have a, a you have a schedule for the whole day. So you're like ten minutes in over here in area B and then you're 15 minutes in area C and you know, and then you, you do a 40 minute show at this stage and you're walking, you're strolling through the park. So we were children's entertainers. So we were doing a, a show in a big amphitheater there and the, uh, and, and there was, you know, maybe 800,000 people. It was a big show and, and, and it was a kid's show, but it was a family show. Of course there were kids and parents. And so right in the middle of it, all the power went out, the mics went out, the lights went out, and you know how it is. You never want dead time, not any dead time. So the 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 leader of the band says, uh, Sherry, go up and talk. You know, go up and talk while we get this all fixed. And everything had gone out. It wasn't us. It was the park. Right. So, um, yeah, they're not having a bad time as people stuck on the roller coasters are having. So Right. So it was just in our area. And we didn't want people to leave the show, of course. So so I went down to the front of the stage. I said, I said, well, what do you what do you want me to say? And and the band leader said, oh, just tell some jokes. And 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 the banjo player said, um, but be careful about the jokes you tell. It's a family show. And I said, well, of course, I'm going to be careful. It's not like I'm going to tell some tell blowjob jokes to a couple of kids to a bunch of kids. And right in the middle of that sentence, the power came back on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't write that. You cannot write it. <laughs> oh, man. You cannot make this stuff up. So oh. there I was saying what I just said to, you know, a thousand people and all these horrified, I mean, the lights came on and there were just a sea of horrified faces and people not knowing what Did to do. Did you try to recover from that? Were you like, just like like no. like blowing on the microphone, try, trying to cover it up somehow? I did not oh, even. Oh, this thing is on. See, I'm giving the microphone a blowjob. <laughs> I know, did not anything. even realize. Did not even realize. Just call me a hurricane. 
Yeah. You know? Did not even realize <laughs> what had, had just happened. Oh, no. and, to, and then I saw these faces and I didn't know what was going on. So we just started the show up again. And I got fired right at the end of the set. <laughs> like, I'm in the middle of a show. Right. And I got fired uh, from Knott's Berry Farm uh, long, long, long ago. So that was that was the end of my can, amusement can park me, career. Um, an idea how long ago that was? Um, that, well, I, you know, I'm was 63. That before, six, okay, was that before it was part of uh, Cedar Fair Parks? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh yeah, oh, for sure. sure. And so um, I, I literally—it was forty years ago, okay. easy, more than forty years ago. Before I was born. Yes, before most of your listeners were born. That's right. <laughs> so keep in mind that this um, will come out in about two weeks. Um, where are some of the other dates you have coming up? Because are you just in Michigan? Or are you all over the place? Well, I'm all over the place this month. You're all over the place, even in Michigan. I, even in Michigan, yeah. It's I, I, I just, I, I, it's been so fun, and everyone's been so nice to me. Next month, I, um, I'm in Oregon doing shows in Corvallis and Eugene, and everything's on my uh, website. Right. That's where people can usually find my entire schedule. Oregon, not Michigan, like the state. Oregon, the state. I'm doing a couple of shows in okay. Oregon and then a couple of shows in California. And then I'm coming. It's just a way to visit family? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking tax write-off here. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, actually, I do. Um, I'm from California, but this trip I won't be close to home. Okay. So um, it, it just depends. Sometimes I'm close to home and I can see family and sometimes I'm not. And uh, I have four brothers and they're the four funniest people on the planet. I'm actually mm -hmm. the least funny person in my family. So I was in Sacramento doing a show last month. And I, uh, Sacramento is the capital of California. And I look across the street. We're having lunch the day of the show. And I had my own theater. It was kind of a really cool thing this place offered me. And my, I look across the street and and I see one of my brothers and his wife. They live in Arizona, 12 hours away. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, no, 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 can't be. Well, my brother had driven 12 hours to surprise me. Oh, wow. To come to my show. So I run out there and I'm clueless. I'm so clueless, I do not realize that they're there to surprise me. <laughs> my brother Bob and his wife right. Georgie, I'm like, what are the chances of running into you here? You wouldn't believe we're both in town. And I'm, I'm like so dumb. <laughs> And I am the well, least. That's probably even better. That's probably even better. Oh, we're just out getting coffee, you know. Yeah. Imagine the, <laughs> what are the chances? What are the chances? And uh, my four brothers, Bob, Jerry, uh, Rick, and Sam, are they're, they're ten times funnier than I am. I'm the least funny person in the family, but mm. I'm the only performer. That that's okay. I used to uh, write a lot, and even doing even doing the podcast and stuff. You run into people that are always way more talented than you. Just the only difference is you're actually going for it. It's actually just you happen to be the performer. It, it's besides just because someone's funny off stage doesn't mean they're going to be funny on stage. Don't ever put me on stage, anybody. I actually talk. <laughs> I, to I will people. not insult you by calling myself a comedian. I will not do that. <laughs> just like I never will insult an actor by calling myself an actor. Don't. I, I, I'm I'm fine off camera. Don't ever give me lines. Even lines off camera, it'll take me about twenty takes. 
this has happened. A boom boom operator um, threatened to beat me with his boom because I had a line to say <laughs> off camera. You had one line. And I kept messing it up. He's like, if I have to keep pulling this boom, I'm going to beat you with it because he's right in the middle of the sun and just holding it while I get this one line right and I'm not even on camera. You've got one job, Scott. One job. Um <laughs> There's a different. I talk to actually. I work with comedians all the time, um, helping them workshop their material. And I talk about this. There's a difference between table funny and stage funny. Mm-hmm. Around the table, people know you. They give you a lot of latitude. They know your background. They can fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get a laugh every eight seconds like you do on stage, six to eight seconds. So, uh, the, so when people tell you you're funny, um, and you decide to go up on stage, mm-hmm. that's the beginning of a really tough education. Because the audience is not going to give you any of that latitude. They want you to win, but you have to earn it. You have to you have to make them laugh. And so writing for stage is so different from being funny with your friends. It can be a springboard for that, but but it's like roofing or knitting or you know stitching up a mm-hmm. stitching up a wound. There's some training to be done to that. There's a method for how to do it properly and so that it sticks. And so that's not the same as table funny. Uh, I just right. call that table funny and stage funny. Awesome. And that's an that's a, that's a, a educational process, and sometimes it's painful. <laughs> well, if I wanted to be funny here, I wouldn't be asking for sponsors, which is a great spot for me to ask for sponsors because I, I should go up and actually ask people to sponsor. But I like actually saying this is a good spot for it. Uh, just like a good spot to advertise that there's great shows on DV radio, such as uh, Barracks Talk. Mm-hmm. And apparently they now have uh, uh, DV Radio Thoughts. Uh, just go ahead and Google that. Check out their blogs. And I think they're going to have a Sunday morning uh, talk show now because they have a, they have their own coffee, which every podcast has their own coffee. That's why I don't because uh, I don't want to follow that trend yet. I'd rather just drink everyone else's coffee and because I'm, I'm lazy. Um, so what what else would you like to promote? This is your time to promote whatever you want before I start reading comments. Oh, um, well, I, I don't have anything else to promote. I guess what I want most to tell people is to go out and support live comedy, mm-hmm. support local comedy. And when you go to a comedy show, laugh. There's nothing mm-hmm. worse than people who think things are funny and just... <laughs> and if you can't laugh, drink more. And they chuckle. Yeah. Or Right. And so there's a... There's a laughter's like fire. You know, it has a mm-hmm. life. And when people go to a comedy show and they laugh, then other people laugh. And then everyone laughs. And if mm-hmm. you hold it in, then people, you know, it, 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 it spirals up or it spirals down. Right. So I'd like to tell people, go out and support live comedy. People are, you know, not getting paid usually. They're devoting their time and so much of their energy to that. And go out and support that. And then uh, finally to say, my name is spelled S. H-A-R-I. It's a ridiculous spelling. A lot of times mm-hmm. people can't find me because they don't have know how to spell my first name. So my website is sherrysavage.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I, you know, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking, because I spent several years uh, um, – was a sound guy for stamp for uh, traveling stand-up comedians doing the university tours, and that is just so true because there are so many comedians that are just like, okay, no one is laughing. How do I get the crowd back? How do I get the crowd back? Or they think everyone everything's fine because everyone's laughing, and then turns out. 
four people are offended and they're like, we can never have that person back. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah, I, I think you have to know your crowd. There are, um, there are, I, I can please any crowd, but there are a couple of crowds that I don't do well with. If no one in the in the audience is over thirty five, mm-hmm. that I'm probably going to have a little trouble with because finding the common ground it can be a little difficult. Uh, I do well with a mixed age crowd. Right. Um, also, people who don't come to see comedy, I, I won't go to places where there's. Uh, a microphone in the corner and there's no stage and people aren't there to see comedy. They're just there to drink and there's a comedian in the corner. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to know your audience. And I think you can be offensive or material you might term offensive. I think that's okay if if you're not mean. Mm-hmm. I, I would never say anything mean or about something that people – is inherent to who they are. But also if you're going to press that line – you have to get the audience on on your side first. You can't start out offensive. You have to make sure they already like you and accept mm-hmm. you and know you're coming from a good spirited place, and then you can really push that offensiveness line. You can push the blue line. I think if you if they already like you and they know you're good hearted. You've only been doing this for a year. Yeah, I was at a comedy club in Saugatuck uh, called Coral Gables, and my husband and I were just attending a show there, and I was chatting up the the doorman. And he said, you're funnier than the guys I paid to be here tonight. Would you open next week? And we were just there attending the show. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a comedian. I'm not, I, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I didn't mean that. I'm not a comedian. wouldn't do that. And, and then I'm so superior, insufferably so, and so bossy. I said to him, besides, you shouldn't be saying that kind of thing to people without talking to the owner. And he said, oh, I'm the owner. Would you open next week? That's also a nice probe to figure out who the owner is. Yeah. Well, I had no idea. And he was super nice. And so I opened the show next week, that following week. (laughs) I learned how to be a stand-up comic in a week. The internet is an amazing thing. And how to hold the mic, how to dress, how to you know, how to write a joke. So I spent a week, uh, be- yeah. and I have my point at things while holding the handheld microphone. Right. I learned why comedians <laughs> wear black. You know, you because all the action is from the neck up. So I just I spent a week writing a set, and I have bipolar disorder, so I can stay up thirty six hours at a time, no mm. problem. And you know, by the end of the third day, I'm kind of you know hung three rolls of wallpaper, got two business plans done, and figured out the lone gunman theory in the Kennedy assassination. I mean, I get to the dark place, but... So I opened the show, and it went so well that um, I, I was just performing regularly within a couple of weeks and being, you know, having people contact me, asking me to headline. It was crazy how mm-hmm. fast it went. So I just feel like I've been really lucky, and other comedians have been super welcoming, and um, it's, it's, a, it's a nice... It's a nice fraternity, you know. It's a nice camaraderie among comics. Oh, yeah. Everyone roots for everyone. That's always that is exactly the type of group you want to be associated with, mm-hmm. where everyone, no one's competing, nobody is 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 trying to. They don't think that you're out for their audience, which makes no sense to begin with. Um, I what I just read like jealousy is just lack of confidence. And I had that in college, or in college, I saw that all the time, especially um, um, in uh, um, when I went to before I went to university. I went to a tech school, and all the time, student, you know, they're like, "What jobs are you applying for?" Oh, I'm going to apply for that one too. And I had one, I had a job lined up at one point, and they're like, "Oh, I could totally get that job. I'm going to go." And they did. They called up the. Um, <laughs> oh no. They, you know, they sent an email. They found uh, one of their friends that were that had an inn over there, and they're trying to get there. 
just so happens the job was already promised to me and I just happened to swing by. Uh, I was like, hey, how's this going? He's like, hey, do you know this guy over here? Yeah, he said he was going to try to take the job from me. Um, how's that working for him? Well, I'm throwing this card out. out. <laughs> yeah. It, that kind of competitiveness um, really doesn't exist that, that I've seen in comedy. You're not trying mm. to beat somebody else unless you're in a competition. And I, I've done a couple of competitions um, and – I've learned that uh, they're not my thing because mm-hmm. I want everyone to win. I want everyone to walk away happy that with the job they did and just trying to do your best and not beat somebody else. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I am going to – I'm hopefully going to do a couple of festivals coming up in Detroit. I've pli- applied for them, so we'll see how that goes. But um, I, 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 just, I just like everyone to win. I, I want to laugh at all the comics. Most comics go to other comic shows and they don't laugh a whole lot. Uh, but the ones, you know, I do. I laugh like a hyena at every comic because if something's funny, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassingly loud in my laughter. And I, I want to encourage them and I want everyone to have a good time and walk away happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like we're um, claiming to be on sports teams to uh, beat the competition getting into college. Um <laughs> And that's a good feeling when you're a when you're a comic and 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 the other comics in the room are laughing, right. you know, uh, and they usually laugh at different things than the audience does. Actually, they'll yeah. find different things funny, and when you've got the comics laughing, that's that's you you know you're doing a good, really good job. Awesome. I was trying to segue to the Toad and Reed section. <laughs> okay, segue away. Okay. Uh, uh, what did I say? Oh, it's not like competition, like trying to get into a good college. Hey, hi. Oh, yeah. What's her face? Is is now facing federal charges. Uh, Aunt Becky. I Today I saw um, some uh, hashtag free Aunt Becky um, <laughs> trending. So I had to figure out what that was about. And you already knew about this article. Uh, It was, um, um, what's the actress that played Becky from Full House and then... Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman. Um, from Housewives, Des- clearly, really desperate housewife. Okay. <laughs> I never to get saw it. Never watched the show. Well, you know, it's they were trying to get there. Is this a federal indictment because mm-hmm. it happened all over the country, and they and a lot of other people were paying, uh, paying colleges, paying um, test administrators, college admission, te- admission test administrators, mm-hmm. pay- bribing coaches uh, to designate their kids as. Uh, sports recruits because that looks good on a college application. Mm-hmm. So their kids were designated uh, for USC, University of Southern California, as as a crew rowing. Right, and, and is that a popular? Like I heard, I saw someone write that. Oh yeah, it's like uh, them and Stanford are like the Harvard and Yale of of California. Is that is that is that a thing? Is that actually a really good? Is that a really good college? I, I have no idea. Well, Stanford is one of the best colleges right. in the country. But USC mixed reviews. We call it the University for Spoiled Children. So well, I guess that fits. I'm from Fresno, California. Mm-hmm. There's no love lost with USC and and <laughs> Fresno State. I'm a Fresno State fan, so mm-hmm. um, I, I don't I don't know why anyone would bribe someone to get their kid into USC. <laughs> I, I, I would beg my kids not to go. So. Article I saw was like five hundred thousand dollars. You think you could already purchase with that money without having to worry? They could have bought him a tutor. Uh, that's like- <laughs> invest in edu- invest in tutors. Get them better grades. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm so I'm on the Sports Illustrated Facebook uh, page, uh, and and Sports Illustrated co- covered this, and I thought that was interesting. Um, 
probably the first article I read from Sports Illustrated since I stole the swimsuit uh, edition when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to read a couple of these comments. I didn't really pre-read these, so I'm just reading the ones that stick out to me. Uh, from Full House to Fuller House to the Big House. Ooh. Which I do wonder if she's going to be invited back on Fuller House, but I, I don't watch that anymore. Um, um, let's see here. This is what privilege looks like. The funny thing, it, uh, this has been going on since the beginning of time. This is the original. If, the, if they had privilege, they wouldn't be paying five hundred grand to, uh, to claim that they're students on the crew team. <laughs> I mean, who brags about that's why they chose the crew team because nobody brags about that. No one's looking for the next crew. Pre- I don't think so. It's like saying you're from Finland. Nobody questions it. No one checks up on Finland. Right. I didn't Finland. know there was a local crew team uh, um, in Detroit until I walked down uh, <laughs> until I walked down uh, Jefferson far enough to find a crew competition. Like all <laughs> like by Grozeal. Like I was. Almost off uh, the peninsula by the time I saw a crew team. Like, oh, that that is a thing. I forgot I think, about that. I think what would incense the average person about that is that those kids got a spot that, mm-hmm. that another deserving student didn't. Yeah, people that actually care about the sport. Yeah, well, not I'm, I'm not talking about the crew team. I'm talking about in the college. Those colleges oh, are very too. difficult to get into. Okay. Um, my kids all aced their SATs and got big scholarships. And But if... You know, if I was a parent uh, and, and saying, well, that kid bought their way in and didn't mm. get it on merit, then, and my kid didn't get that into that school, you, you think the average person would be pretty incensed by that? I would. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't take the SATs, but then again, I went to a school that just cared if you could pay or not. <laughs> I had the GI Bill. I could pay. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's it's a it's a sad thing. I think the I I would think the lesson to be learned by that is there's no one who doesn't have um, secrets that they're hiding and bad things that they do. And mm-hmm. it's very sad when people we look up to uh, we find out that there's something going on behind the exterior that you know that, that that's a veneer and right. that there's dishonesty or I got some, lost on veneer. Now, now I want some wine. Unseemly behavior. Yeah. So. Add. Sorry. Add. Sorry. Whoop. Squirrel. Oh, all right. Another comment we got. uh, I knew Nikki and Alex would grow up to be spoiled brats. Ah, I wasn't the only one that watched Full House. Uh, Oh, of course, this is. uh, No, I thought that was going to be a joke. And it's not a joke. It's another person that wishes they had money. Um, New this fall on Court TV, Aunt Becky starring in Full House Jail. Um, You have some witty listeners. Uh, these are not my oh these uh, hey if they want to send me their own comments on an article i'll be willing to read them this is actually from uh, sports illustrated facebook and there's actually people questioning why the sports illustrated is covering this which is because they're putting people on a sports team did you not read the article actually they had never participated in sports but they were Listed as sports recruits, right for the benefit. So I, yeah, I That's see why, why Sports Illustrated is covering it, right? Because there were bribes made to coaches. I don't, I don't really like to see anybody on hard times. I don't mm-hmm. like to see anybody undergo this, uh, even someone who's done something dishonest. And so I, I find it hard to laugh at people's misfortune. But damn, 
I think that's a perfect segue to talk about the newest um, AOC thing I saw today, where she, um, Alexandria, I, I, you probably see the name better than me. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez uh, says society has a Facebook problem. And I don't think I need to go any more into um, the article other than that, because she's saying something weird every other day. But I really want to watch, to read the comments on this one. And this is on the Business Insider uh, Facebook page, where most of the articles have less than 10 comments. And this one has, uh, one po- has uh, quite a few uh, of them. And I love... <laughs> I love these comments because this is someone that's under 30, got uh, elected to um, got become elected official when she was a bartender, um, mostly using social media. And here she is criticizing people saying they have Facebook problem. I think that that's, that's a double-edged sword. Right. You know, social I'm not media. saying she's wrong, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't be uh, criticizing <laughs> Are you the saying, methods that brought you up. You're saying people who live in grass houses shouldn't throw lawnmowers? Is that what I'm hearing from you? <laughs> One of these days I'll learn how to replace that blade. <laughs> um, go ahead and start picking comments. I will let you go ahead and uh, uh, pick a few of them. I kind of got the general I, – I thumbed through it earlier. I kind of got the general gist of what they're saying. Okay, well, gen- what I'm – okay, I'm, I'm reading all these comments, and without um, – I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories here, and <laughs> she's constantly, you know, people are going back to JFK and Hitler, and and so one thread can start a lot of this. It sets people off, and I think society does have a Facebook problem. I think society has a social media problem, and it's it's a symptom of a um, uh, journalism problem in that what journalism has largely become is telling people what they already believe. And that's not journalism. That's not news. That's not what we should be listening to the news for. And discrediting reputable journalists and news sources in favor of things that tell us what we already believe. And we see things on Facebook and we automatically assume they're true when so often they're not and they're misquoted. And I don't have... I don't talk about politics. I don't have particular feelings about um, AOC, but... um, the idea that we listen to uh, things that only reinforce what we already believe is generally unhealthy and uh, makes us stupider. Okay. Stupider isn't a word my mother would have corrected me, but makes us more stupid. Oh, wow. You you left off on a really lot. You weren't kidding when you said face uh, conspiracy. I can't read this book. There is a full book up here. And I'm only reading some about lies and cannibalism. And if you, you could go check that out. Um, let me see. Let me just read a couple of these random ones. Is anyone else sick of seeing her face all over Facebook? Yes. Um, but we're, we're that's only because that's where she's popular. That's where she got voted in. And let's see here. Um, without Facebook, she'd be counting tips at 3 a.m. Because ah, she used to be a bartender. Huh? But she actually did go to college for something. Uh, AOC is a very product of uh, is a very byproduct of Facebook and social media. I think that's valid. Mm-hmm. I think that's valid. I think continuing to attack people um, based on a reinforced stereotype that just continues to reinforce that stereotype for a specific segment of the population isn't very isn't very healthy. And people who who listen to that should question their own mental <laughs> mental development. <laughs> um, I like this one because there's a lot of truth in this. Um, 
Um, excuse me, Miss Cortez, but how could I see all the great memes of you without it? <laughs> and that's both memes for her and against her. I've seen full Facebook groups of just nothing but positive memes for her. Really? Um, more groups that throw negative ones out there, too, but that's beside the point. I mean, that it, it that could go whatever side you're on. Um, and I'll go ahead and, you know, I'm going to, I want to read one more before I finish up. I saw a good one to finish off with. Um, too many people actually believe what they see on Facebook. Uh, first thing I read was tweeted on Tuesday saying society has a Facebook problem. Uh, just when you think ignorance is stupidity, had to reach a peak with this one. So you read on Twitter that people have a Facebook problem. So you don't have a Twitter problem. Okay, cool. That makes sense. <laughs> I am happy with that one. And, uh, and I'll end with, I'm glad Facebook is bringing this to our attention. I, would, I wouldn't have known if I didn't see this on Facebook. Facebook, exactly. I, I, this, div, this divisiveness has to stop. I, I, the side, the word side, I keep hearing the word side. The other side, our side. There sh we shouldn't have sides. So there's too many, yeah, yeah. We're all trying to do the same thing here. Yeah, it's okay. Everyone hates me because I'm not on anybody's side because nobody's altogether on my side. Tree bird. I uh, am, Lord Scott. Of the Rings. I'm on your side, Scott. <laughs> Come on. I'm rooting for you, Scott. Well, I'm rooting for you. And where can people root for you at? People can root for me at SherrySavage.com. They can connect with me on social media. And tonight they can root for me at Craft Heads Brewery in this Windsor, Ontario. This has been recorded two weeks. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so they could root in the past tense. Or <laughs> oh, uh, they could go on your website and root for you when you're in their hometown or see your videos that you are working on or at least uh, attempt to see you. <laughs> I have a ton of videos on my YouTube mm -hmm. channel. They're also on my website. And always adding new stuff uh, as I, you know, as, as I get better quality videos. And um, so, yeah, interact with me and find out where I'm going and ask me to go to your town. And um, I'll work it out with bookers there. And I'm just, I'm just loving bringing laughter and fun to people. That's, that's just really gratifying at my age. And I'm Toden from Toden.com, and you can find this at MediaLairSandwich.com, a ton of different podcasts. Please comment, rate, share, tell people. Um, media Lair stands for a reason because you've heard us trash media so much already on here and talk about the things that, um, that a lot of people forget to talk about media because, well, it's kind of trash. Um, a lot like... Um, a lot like uh, Apparently, students at UCF, or not UCF, that's U the Florida one. USC, and now, USC. now no one's going to like me because there's a lot of USC fans where I come from. But Oh, well, I mean, I don't know anything about that. They could trash me. I'm in Detroit. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Check out dvradio.net. Um, there you go. Hopefully, they'll, 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 they'll promote us and give us one of their sponsors. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Just comment. Remember, video version is different than the audio version. YouTube.com slash Toad and K. Subscribe. Ring that bell. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed our discussion and may the algorithms be in your favor. Bye, everyone.